Welcome back to the Scatter Joy podcast. It has been a while. Uh, my name is Zach Thompson, and I'm excited to be back with you guys. We took a month-long break. I think it was five or six weeks. I'm not sure what the exact math was on it, but we took a break to give just really important space to conversations that were surrounding issues that were happening in our country at that at that time. Uh, about a month ago, um, we were supposed to publish an episode. We record these episodes in advance. And we were supposed to have an episode be published that Wednesday morning. It was the Wednesday morning after the Uvalde shooting. And the team and I, we just, we just like looked at each other and we were just like, man, like, no, this, we need to just press pause on this. We need to give space to other experts, other people that are really going to talk about this important issue about gun control, because it was amongst a handful of mass shootings that were taking place within weeks of each other. And we also had the the Community Over Everything event uh, here in Columbus um, with a bunch of amazing people. And that was really, really cool. And I personally was welcoming our second child into the world. My wife and I uh, were were parents of two now. Wish us luck. Uh, Give us tips and tricks on that. We're still trying to navigate how we do it. Um, But we took a break because of all those things. And, and obviously when you, when you take a break like that, you take a step back and you learn a lot about yourself. You learn a lot about, um, what you're trying to do, uh, why you want to create these conversations and why they're important. And our value, one of our values as a, as a nonprofit organization with the Scatter Joy Project is we want to be a voice for people that need one. And these conversations, what we get to do is we get to amplify other people's stories. We get to amplify and lift up other people's voices. And that's why it's so important for us to be back. But it was equally as important for us to take a break in that moment because we needed, needed, needed to give space to uh, just other conversations. But what our goal is, is to be able to talk about those relevant topics along with how they affect our mental and emotional health how they affect our humanity, how they affect our communities, and how we can build community off of those. Obviously, we just got done with our Community Over Everything event. The theme of Mental Health Awareness Month throughout May was Community Over Everything. And really, the biggest thing that that we talked about at the event was what the heck is community? How do we define it? And how do we redefine it in a, in a more accurate way of what the world needs and what we need right now? Usually, uh, you think about community and you think about commonalities. Well, really, like community, healthy community has nothing to do with commonalities. It has everything to do with the connection of the human experience. The commonalities that we all share is that we have things that we're proud of, the things that we're good at. We have skill sets that that give us strengths and and make us unique. But we also share the commonalities of like the adversity that we go through, the struggle that we go through. I always say that We might not have the same experiences, but we have the same emotions. And if we can get to that level, if we can practice that kind of empathy and that kind of compassion, then what would our world look like? And so that's why we're excited to be back sharing these conversations. Obviously, we still have so much to work through uh, as a country, but we think that this, this type of work, these conversations, this this kind of bravery and courage that takes place when people are being vulnerable and sharing their stories, sharing their opinions, that unlocks a level of empathy in the world that is desperately needed right now. And so we're just stoked to be back. This week, we get to have a conversation with Wes Pendleton. Wes Pendleton 
has been in the music game for a long time. He's a Philadelphia-based music producer and entrepreneur. He is an amazing human being with a really cool story and uh, just a better person. Um, but his experience in business development and strategy, um, his uh, experience with storytelling, uh, he's just done some really, really cool things, founding uh, a lot of different companies, a lot of different projects uh, within the music industry. And the most exciting part about that is the thing that him and his team are launching right now. Uh, actually, last week, they released um, the first rendition of their app, Soul Sessions. Soul Sessions is an app on your phone. Uh, and the goal of Soul Sessions is to enhance how you work, rest, and play through music. Uh, it's a free app to download. So I highly suggest you go download that, check it out. But what it does and what our conversation is all about is the power of music um, and how it can help you heal, how it can help you focus, how it can help you reduce anxiety and depression, how it can help you shift mindsets, and then his personal story and how he got into that kind of work, and then also how it's helped him heal in the process of creating uh, these kinds of, of uh, this kind of music and invoking this kind of emotion around it. Um, you know, art and creativity has always been at the center of healing. Uh, we really believe everything that we do, uh, if you've noticed, always has some sort of artistic flair. And that's why we get really excited to have people like Wes Pendleton on this show to not only talk about their story, but talk about their expertise and how it can help so many different people. And so it's just a really fun, honest, open conversation. And uh, Wes is just such a good dude. Me and AP had a great time talking to him. So let's just jump right into it. This podcast is brought to you by The Scatterjoy Project. The Scatterjoy Project is a 501c3 nonprofit focused on mental and emotional health. Since launching in January of 2021, we've helped people jump over hurdles that get in the way of their own healing journey. The first hurdle being the negative stigma that accompanies mental health. The second one being the overwhelming search for mental health care. And the third, the cost of mental health care. If you, a friend or a family member are searching for a therapist, a counselor, a support group, or other mental health care programs, you can do so on our website at thescatterjoyproject.com. Also, if you feel inspired to give to our cause, you can do so as well on our website thescatterjoyproject.com slash donate. Hey, welcome back to the Scatterjoy podcast. This is all about real conversation, celebrating the strength in our stories, the joy in our hearts, scars included. Sometimes we think like the strength in our story is like the perfect parts of us, but no, like the strength and the beautiful parts of our story is, yeah. is the ugly things, the, the things that have contrast with the light and uh, and so this is a cool conversation, conversations that we get to have all the time to remind Absolutely. people of that, you know, like our our lives aren't just a clean slate. We don't bat a thousand. Yeah. There's some things that we mess up, some things that we're not proud of, some sh shame and grief that we hold. But uh, we're trying to communicate to people like, man, there's strength in being vulnerable about those things. Absolutely. And, and it actually brings people together in community. This is my guy, AP. What's up, y'all? My name is Zach, and uh, we're really, really excited today because we get to have an amazing conversation, an inspiring conversation with Wes Pendleton. He is a, a husband, a father. He's a, a, a music mind. 
honestly, kind of like a genius, I would say, uh, always has been surrounded by music, uh, a former producer and also the CEO of the new uh, organization company, Soul Sessions. Wes, thank you so much for, for jumping on here, man. For sure. Thanks for having me, guys. Yeah. Hey, first thing, man, I, I am so curious to really hear about Soul Sessions uh, first and foremost, that, that's, that's honestly how we found you. We were like, man, what is, uh, what's soul sessions all about? Like, it just seems so cool. Like the, the platform, mm -hmm. the goal for it, the, the, um, the expectation kind of leading up that you guys are building. Um, and it, and it turned me on to you. And, and so like, I just think it's such a brilliant idea. Um, and I just wanted to dive into a little bit about what it was and then kind of the heart behind it all. And so, man, what soul sessions, what, what's it all about? What is it? Sure. Well, definitely. I appreciate the kind words, guys. So I guess I can give you a little bit of my uh, history leading up to soul sessions because it definitely will help you understand why we even created it. Yeah. So I've been a, I've been a music producer for almost 20 years now. Uh, made my living since about 2007, 2008 as a producer. And in uh, 2013, when streaming was introduced to the masses, I lost about 70% of my income seemingly overnight wow. and uh, and had to pivot for the next two or three years trying to figure out what's going on. Went away from producing for artists primarily to trying to land bigger placements for sync and stuff like that. And so uh, right up until 2015, I had an opportunity to land a really big placement, could not clear the sample from this track and lost like $70,000 $70, because of this. And wow. uh, pretty devastated after, you know, going through all this hardship with not making as much money as I was making before. Um, fast forward a little bit later, I decide to go to work to try to figure out like what's, what my next step is, you know, traditional nine to five job. And, and through that process kind of realized um, as an entrepreneur, it was like, I can't be the only person going through this issue of not being able to clear samples. Mm. And so I got together with two partners and we created a sample label called Soul Surplus. And um, we hit the ground running. Uh, we really made a significant pack, impact in that industry um, and actually kind of turned it upside down kind of really overnight, to be honest with you. And uh, if you actually look into the industry now, you can see our fingerprints all over it. So uh, we started that in 2016. Fast forward to 2020, uh, we were actually acquired uh, by a bigger company. And uh, since then, uh, I've been what they call uh, resting investing, <laughs> which is, you know, cause you get acquisition when you go through these, uh, or you get an equity when you go through these acquisitions. Right. So I had about two years to figure out what my next steps were. Got to the end of last year, towards the end of last year, and realized that I had um, a significant amount of streams that I had no idea that I had from my former catalog. And I haven't put any records out for like three or four years. Wow. So we went, we went and did some digging and found out that all my music was being used for people when they were studying, when they were praying, when they were meditating, people when they're working out, when they're taking a walk. Wow. And it kind of dawned on me. I was like, yeah, people are literally using this as a means to kind of assist in their mental health process, to kind of center themselves, to kind of put themselves at ease, um, to help them focus. And as an entrepreneur, it was like, but I'm not, I'm not really taking full advantage of the fact that I'm actually providing this for the listeners in a way that actually is reciprocal that benefits me as well. Right. And so uh, one thing led to another. 
did some research into the industry, realized that it was like a multi-billion dollar industry um, that is completely untapped. We looked into a lot of the competitors and realized that um, on a lot of these platforms, like Calm and Headspace, really great platforms, they seem to primarily concentrate on um, meditation, one-on-one counsel, uh, breathing exercises and things like that. But I'm a musician. So when I need to get myself together, the first thing I do is listen to music. That's the thing that centers me. And I know I'm not the only person in judging by all these streams that I had. It seems that there's literally millions of people who do the same thing millions of times a year just with my music. Um, and so one thing led to another. We said, hey, let's create a platform where music is the primary um, tool to be able to help you um, center yourself. And so Soul Sessions basically... Our, our goal is to enhance the way that you work, rest and play through very carefully cur- curated uh, music and sound. And uh, I got uh, a really great team. My, my partner, Holly, is my COO. Uh, I reached back with some of my, uh, my, my, former, my partner, Joel from Soul Surplus. He's coming along and some of my, for- my friends that actually work with us through Soul Surplus to, to curate all this content. And that's what, that's what leads to today. And we're about to launch here in uh in the next couple of weeks, man, I'm really excited. Man, I'm I'm stoked for you. Can it's you incredible. can you say the tagline again for us, please? Uh, yeah, sure. So, so Soul Sessions uh, uh, hopes to enhance the way that you work, rest, and play through specially curated music and audio. I love that. that. Honestly, it's like one of the coolest things I've ever heard in my life. Honestly, <laughs> I because <laughs> I I mean I I have no musical bone in my body, but I love music, man. I don't know if there's and I have a, an eclectic taste. Yeah. Like there will be times where I'm listening to like Frank Sinatra, Michael Buble, Dean, uh, Dean Martin, all these people. And then like throw on like J. Cole, Kendrick Lamar, <laughs> right, Trevor Hall, like stick figure, like all just all over the place. I don't think there's a, a time in my day where I don't have yeah. some sort of music playing. And mm-hmm. to your point, it's usually playing mostly when I am uh, you know, waking up, making coffee in the morning, going through my morning routine or meditating or doing these things or working or working out Absolutely. all, all these different things. This guy, he's got his whole body's made up of musical bones, man. He's, he's super talented. So I know he's stoked nice. about soul sessions too. Yeah, man. I, I, I love music. I grew up around music. Um, my father was a pastor. So as a, as a PK, mine too. Oh, no way. No way. Yeah. Did a lot with, with music, playing the drums and singing. So I wanted to ask you about your upbringing and how that shaped you musically. Yeah. So uh, growing up in church, my mom's side of the family primarily is super musical. So if if they're not singing, they're playing an instrument. Yeah. Um, and so I was basically baptized into that from, <laughs> from birth. And so much like you, I started drumming when I was about seven years old, played the drums till I think like towards the end of college and then switched over to keys, which which I did begrudgingly. My 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 dad had this dream about me playing keys and I don't enjoy playing keys. <laughs> I grew up playing drums and trumpet, a little bit of bass. Oh, nice. Those were the things I loved to play. Um, but, you know, my dad needed help, man. And I, and I, and I totally understood. And, and um you know, I did that for about 15 years. And, uh, you know, right around the time I started Soul Surplus, that's when I, I finally said to him, I was like, I got to retire, man. I got all this other stuff that I need to work on. And I kind of feel like 
this responsibility of having to play for service is kind of holding me back, you know? So, um, but yeah, that's my upbringing. I, I grew up in church. All of, I, I attribute all of my ear to having to learn how to play and testimony service on Wednesdays and Friday nights. Um, you know, that thing right there, I mean, really sets you up to, <laughs> to be quick on your feet. Absolutely. Um, switching keys and stuff like that. You know, it's, yeah. you, you never know how it's going to prepare you for, for life later. Absolutely. Know? A lot of the best musicians in the world started off in church because people at churches like this would just get up and sing anything. We didn't rehearse yep. this. They'll exactly. get up and they'll change keys. They'll do different things. So um, to be able to be multi-dimensional in terms of a wide variety of songs, a wide variety of years from anything from, current songs to hymns to all of that just just really stretches you what about so when did your ear get hip to like producing um where was there any music that you were listening to that kind of influenced you at first to to want to produce music yeah so i mean when i first started interestingly i was not a hip-hop producer i was primarily r&b uh and soul and that was because in my house, we weren't allowed to listen to, <laughs> to, to, to hip hop. And, yeah. and so, you know, the closest thing I could get to it was kind of sneaking a little R and B here and there. And, um, and then I was, I was blessed enough to kind of like when I really came to become like a real music lover and kind of a real music snob, it was at the same time as the soul Quarians kind of made their debut into the world. So I'm being indoctrinated by Erica Badu, by D'Angelo, the roots, mm. Dilla, and uh, and those had such, and then I'm from Philly, which is basically the hub for this whole entire sound. So between church and then starting production at the same time when this sound is basically dominating the rec, uh, the radio, uh, it's why my sound is is what it is today. You know, love that. I I'm so curious to ask. Like, I mean, obviously with Soul Sessions, there's you know and understand and are an expert in how music and certain like tones and tempo and all these different things can make you feel yeah right and and so like when at what age and and like what was going on in your life when you realized that and you were like man music makes me feel this way or i'm gonna tap into music or i can create music that's gonna make other people feel a certain way like i kind of have control over how other people feel in this sense right yeah, so I, I would say the probably the first year that music, what I would consider the, the tagline music changed my life, uh, was 2000 and the same in this in the same year, Black on Both Sides by Most Def came out, followed by D'Angelo's Voodoo a little mm-hmm. a little right after there. Those two albums single handedly changed my trajectory, both in how I listened to music. And then in a few years later, how I actually produced music, mm. um, you know, most I, I grew up in the suburbs, you know, my, I, I, I lived in Philly till I was like five years old. And even when I lived in Philly, like I didn't live in I didn't live in Philly, like I lived in like the northest part of Philly, which basically was the suburbs. And so I moved out into the suburbs when I was five. So I didn't grow up um with like a troubled, I wasn't a troubled youth. I didn't grow up in bad neighborhoods and things like that. Um, so for me, um, it's very interesting to see how, um, when hip hop was really primarily introduced to the masses, 
it was very violent, you know, misogynist. And, you know, you guys understand, we don't have to go into the history of hip hop. And that wasn't me. I didn't come from the block. You know what I'm saying? I grew up in a cul-de-sac. <laughs> and so when I heard uh, Black on both sides, comments like Water for Chocolate, um, you know, Gangs, Gangstar, like these were intellectual yeah. uh, records. And I realized right then and there that I could actually enjoy hip hop more as what you would consider an, an intellectual. And not that I'm not downplaying commercial records or anything like that, because all that stuff is actually extremely uh, intellectual. If you're actually listening to what they're saying, but I couldn't identify with their stories. Yeah. Um, and so these albums very, very uniquely kind of met me at the right time when I was really kind of really fully becoming a man, um, kind of really learning about myself. And so, you know, I got to thank those guys and, and uh, the Soulquarians for uh, for really putting it down during that era. Yeah, I love I love what you talk to. It's like, man, not only not only the record, like not only the beat or the the music in a sense, but like the lyrics and the intellectual and like the emotional like things that it was speaking towards. Like, man, me and I mean, AP knows this, but I I love the reason why I brought up like Kendrick and J. Cole. I mean, even like Kid Cudi or Mac Miller, to me, they mean so much to me because or like I identify with their music and what they're saying a little bit, too, because Mm -hmm. it's like really intentionally thought out and they're like trying to make a difference with the things that they are saying. And it's like a healing process for them, too. It's not only like for other people, but it's also like a healing process for them as well, I would assume, especially Mm -hmm. listening to like the really emotional uh, things that they're speaking about. So for you, Wes, like, man, how sitting in a studio, like, how is that process almost like therapeutic for you? Like what is going on in your mind and your heart and your soul? Like when you're in the studio, uh, working. Yeah. So I'm actually glad that you actually brought this up because I have kind of like this, and it's this inside joke between myself and my wife and some of our really close friends who I've done music with over the years. So when I first started out, because I played keys, my music was primarily created from scratch. Like, you know, I, I played everything. And then um, around 2004, I switched to sampling have, heavily. And this weird thing would happen to me when I would be digging for records, where when I would find the right sample, it would evoke such a strong emotional response for me that I literally would start tearing up mm. and would like put my head down and and, and in, the, in the beginning, I was kind of embarrassed about it because I was like, why am I crying, man? Like, you know, you know, I can, this stuff happens in the world and it's, it's like, it goes right over my head. I, I don't have any response, but something about this record, something about the tone, something about what this person is saying on this particular record and how instantly I knew how I was going to use that on my interpretation of that record hmm. um, did something truly emotional to me. And, and it hasn't stopped. I, I still do it to this day. I'll hear something and immediately like I'm trying to stop myself from crying. Wow. It's, it's, it's pretty amazing. Wow. How, how is, what's one example? I, like what's one song or one sample that really like maybe means the most to you. And I think, And I'll preface it by saying like, sometimes, sometimes we have these moments or we read a a certain book or we hear a certain song and it's not maybe necessarily the song, but it's the time when we heard it or the time when we read it. So is there a moment in your life where you had one of those moments where you were brought to tears in the studio 
and what song was it? What was going through your mind? What was the situation that, that you were kind of rolling and wrestling through? Sure. So <laughs> I wasn't even going to talk about this, but you know, this is the scattered joy pod. So we're going to hey, get real on this. Let's go. Um, so I'm just going to talk about one entire project actually. And, um, and people that were probably listening to it had no idea what was going on at the time. So I put out this record called Love back in 2012. And during that time, it was the first time I've been married going on for 16 years now. And it was the first time that my wife and I were really having some serious issues. And we were like really, really bumping heads. Um, And through this process, I kind of recognized how I was the one dropping the ball quite a bit. Uh, and so I made this record and it basically was a plea for forgiveness from top to bottom. So if you go and you look through the records, all of the titles are pleas to my wife to please like, just hear me out, hear my heart, you know, and I want you to know, I wasn't like wilding out or anything like that. It's it's not that type of, it's not that type of story. We just growing pains, you know? Um, and so very, very carefully curated samples that tell that story. Um, so one, one, um, one particular record that is towards the end, it's a song called My Lady. And uh, I, I chopped the sample to say, through the years, you've been my lady, my lady. And it just that just kind of like keeps looping through the whole record. And every time I hear that, that's probably the one track on that record out of all of those tracks that really puts me right back to where I was uh, when I created that record, man. So, yeah, wow. that's probably the one. How how did that, if you don't mind me asking, you know, like throughout that process, obviously that was probably a healing journey for you. Um, but even, uh, you know, after that was after that whole thing was kind of created and you tied a bow on it and and you like put it out to the world, how did that piece of art, that creation, um, that therapy session that you just kind of like worked through with yourself and, and your expertise, how did that better your relationship like with your wife? Um, it definitely wasn't like a right away thing. I think the record was more, cathartic for me to be honest with you you know what i mean um i don't know if my wife necessarily you know took that record and was like you know i really appreciate this you know (laughs) i don't think it was that type of thing um but but i do feel like that through that record i was able to express more clearly how i was feeling which at the time i think i had a hard time doing which was trying to break through this level of communication um you know you guys don't know me but you know one of the things that people tell me all the time is that I'm extremely hard to read. Hmm. And that is by design because I don't want anybody within my space understanding what I'm thinking or feeling ever. Yeah. And so, you know, now fast forward to now, my wife knows how I'm feeling always. But back then I still was having this issue with, you know, with being completely open with her. And it was causing causing problems, you know. Yeah. yeah. So, what was that point that made you realize the importance of being more vulnerable and uh, and kind of speaking your mind? Because I know for for men in general, 
we weren't born with that like innate quality to communicate. Um, we were told to just suck it up and keep it going or walk it off or whatever it was. So when when did you have that realization that, hey, I, I need to start communicating, telling people how I feel because there's, you know, there's freedom in that? Yeah. Well, I tell my wife how I feel. Okay. <laughs> and I don't tell anybody else how I feel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's, still, that's still something that I, I keep in the pocket, you know? Yeah. Uh, but, um, yeah, I think it really kind of came to a head one night when I finally, you know, because as men, like we don't, a lot of us men, I should say, because I'm not going to speak for all men, but we tend not to be open. And then one night I just like completely broke down. It was like the first time I ever broke down that way. And I mm-hmm. think her being able to see that for like the first time kind of put into perspective the weight that I had been carrying up until that point. Yeah. And, um, and I love my wife dearly for, for being so supportive and understanding in that particular case. But I kick myself for not being that guy from day one, mm. because it would have so easily, it would have made things so much easier if I was just open to communicate how I was feeling. But, you know, we go through these things of like with masculinity and it's just like, you know, I'm not trying to be open. Like, I don't want people thinking I'm soft yeah, and, right. you know, and all this stuff. So the fact that you're even going through that with your wife, which is like, come on, fam. Like, your wife is with you because she loves you. Yeah. She's not going to think you're soft. She knows you're not soft. Yeah. Come on. You know? And even if you are soft, there's nothing wrong with that. Yeah. Like, yeah. That's, the beauty, that's the beauty, you know? Yeah. Yeah, man. I, I, we, one of the things that we say all the time is like you you can't heal if you're if you pretend that you're not hurt. And yep. so it's like man like there's never there's never that moment of healing, like there's never that moment of like honestly growth. Like healing is growth. Like that it it just is. Like we have emotional healing, it's kind of like physical healing, you have a cut and then a scar forms, that's growth, that's healing. And so you never have this moment of growth unless you have these moments of like Hey, like I'm hurt or like, Hey, I, I need help or Hey, I, I need to talk about this or Hey, this is how I'm feeling. And so yeah. to have those moments, but then on the other side of that, to have them accepted and, and still be fully loved for it and with it mm-hmm. is like this amazing embodiment of what community and relationships sh- should be. Right. Right. So, right. Right. I love. And it's amazing that you even say that too, because I actually have, so I know when the majority of my emotional toil as a man really started, and it was through an injury, like an actual injury, oh, uh, wow. pretty, pretty, pretty ca- catastrophic injury to my knee. And so um, that's, that's, that's why I'm like the size, I'm a big dude now, you know, I used to be more on the smaller side. Um, I mean, I'm six two, so I'm tall, I'm taller than, than most people, but I've never been like, like a big guy up until this injury. And when I realized that I wasn't going to be able to use basketball as a means to, <laughs> to, uh, let out aggression and, uh, uh, you know, still, it's not like basically what I was using was sports as a means to still suppress my feelings. You know what I mean? So it yeah. wasn't like right. sports is actually helping me because it wasn't, cause I still wasn't communicating how I felt, but I kind of use sports as a band aid. So now, because that's taken away, it's like, what do I do now wow. with all this pent up aggression or, or, or sadness or whatever? And um, yeah, man, it's it's. But it's interesting looking back now and seeing how God like so clearly 
knew that, like, hey man, I'm 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 gonna literally obliterate your knee mm. as a flagpole in your life to realize when I when I deliberately took you off the course that you were going to get you to where you're at today. Wow. That took me a long time to come to the understanding of that. But it's because during that time you're not seeing any positive fruit. It's like everything is terrible. Yeah. Yeah. Um so, you know, fast forward to now, um, you know, family is doing really, really great. Um, business is doing really, really great. You know, it's just a it's a it's a time for for really positive gains, man. And and but I'm telling you, no way, no way, shape, or form would I have any of these positive gains without all of that hardship. Not yep. there's no way. It's not yeah. possible. I love that, man. It that's what we opened up the conversation with their strength in your story, scars and all. It's just yep. like, that's it. And, yep. and I think we, we were talking earlier, like we are, we have redemptive spirits. Like we are born with redemptive spirits. There's we're born into a world with brokenness and with bad things that are going to happen. It's inevitable. Like you yep. can't avoid the bad, the bad happens. Yeah. But if you can sit with it, learn from it, heal within it. And then also like let that bad thing inspire the next good thing that you do. That, I mean, that's redemption. That's like this redemptive spirit that we get the opportunity to live into. How, how, how has like you, you talking about like your own healing journey with your music and like that project with your wife and, and all this background, you're like, man, this is healing for me. I, I probably can assume that it's going to be healing for someone else. How have you used that and like tried to communicate that to like other artists that you're working with or other people that you're working with? Like how have you been able to coach other people through that same process? Yeah. I mean, uh, you know, one of the things that people know me for is being extremely blunt. I, I don't have, I don't have a filter uh, <laughs> in, in that way. And, and I'm, I'm trying to work on that. I'm trying to work on, having more grace when addressing people, but it's because, you know, again, I come from a, I'm, I'm like right in between two very distinct generations that are like way out here. Mm. Um, my dad's generation is, you know, the strong silent type. You don't talk about how you're feeling. And then you have like my daughter who's about to be 16 years old. They talk about everything. Yeah. <laughs> um, and so I'm trying to find the balance in the two currently. Mm. And I think that Soul Sessions uh, poetically so showcases the fact that this business is birthed out of my misery, like, and, and the struggle straight up. Wow. This, this, this business does not exist unless I struggle financially, emotionally, physically um, to create the company that I just exited you know, two years ago, which literally was a catapult for like the rest of my life. So it's, it's so full circle that now I'm literally creating a tool that I probably could have used myself yeah. 15 years ago. Yeah. That's so good. I remember when I met um, Zach, he was working with youth. Um, and the, the thing that he told me when, when we had lunch, he was like, my goal is to be the person that I needed at this age, right? So we were working with youth. He was like, I want to be the leader that I needed when I was their age. And like for you, 
you're doing something that solves a problem. You know what I mean? Um, a lot of people, we need these soundtracks in our life because music is is 1000% healing for people. So I wanted to know like a little bit of your process because I know when we talk about soul sessions, like you want people to you know, be in different moods and, and different things like that. So if you're sitting about to produce a song and like maybe it's a calm, a calming day and they're they're getting work done, what what is going through your head to be able to curate a, an entire playlist or a song or, or make a beat or whatever to put someone in that mood? Because everybody really doesn't have the talent to, and I feel like I would struggle with even, hey, what chords do I use to incite this? Or like, mm-hmm. how, how was that process for you? Yeah. So, I mean, there's, there's a lot, there's a lot that goes into this process. Number one, even before going into the creative aspect, one of my gifts is being able to create systems. So to run the last company that we ran and we're doing gigs of music every week, you have to create a system mm. and uh, you have to be able to project manage and and to b- basically create a creative brief that can be uh, received and executed at a pretty substantial rate. Um, my last business, we were, I mean, we were cranking them out with this business is a little bit more thought out because we are thinking about the user so much more uh, intimately than maybe with the last company. So there's a few things that go into it. Number one, we have history on our side. We know exactly what people listen to mm. through playlists, through studies, through research, the type of styles that they're listening to when they are specifically needing a very specific sound for whatever task that they're doing at hand. So that, that work has kind of been done for us, you know? Yeah. Um, but then even with us, we, we take it a bit further. One of the things for me is that I'm a technologist. I'm always thinking five years ahead, like where we're going, you know, if you guys have been paying attention, you know, the whole thing about NFTs and web three and all that stuff, it's a bunch of jargon. It's just a new way that we're going to do the internet. That that's mm-hmm. all it is. And so, but one of the things that, if you're if you're really paying attention, we're really about to step into the space of being basically fully immersive. Yeah. So that really is like the main goal of mm. every single piece of music that we create from scratch is how is this going to sound in a fully immersive space when that time comes when people can actually really fully partake. Mm. Now, I don't know if you guys have been using AirPods Max at all. Uh, the big boys mm-hmm. over here. Uh, my brother has those. I've, I've used them a couple of times. You got to buy them. <laughs> you got to buy them. They're, they're expensive, but let me tell you something. The value that you get from those headphones, what they do to your psyche through spatial audio wow. is not something that is comprehensible. When we were when we were doing tests for soul sessions, my wife was like my first case study. I would give my wife these AirPods Max, set the music to spatial. She would come home from work, sit down, and ten minutes later, her whole entire mood has changed. Because it's not just the music; it's where we're placing the music and all of the other spatial elements inside of the mix. So mm. even the way that we mix this music is not traditional. We mix in Dolby Atmos, which is basically like a spatial template, which allows you to literally place music wherever you want 
in the space. Like there's literally a diagram that shows you if I'm listening to this, this sound will literally hit me right here. Wow. You know what I mean? Or this sound will hit me back here. Wow. So what's so the what process you, of knowing where to put like, hey, I want my bass to be here. I want I want that to be there. Right. So bass is so important with this music because bass is probably more prominent with this music than it maybe is with something else. So when we're doing something like on location, which is uh, recharge, we call them like recharge stations where basically it's like, you got 15 minutes to sit down, close your eyes, let this music take you to a very specific place. You're hearing music, but then you're also hearing these very specific spatial elements. Yesterday, or maybe like two weeks, two days ago, I just finished a mix with Joel. It's called Submerged. And what it sounds like is, sounds like you're inside of like a submarine or something like that, but it's like all around you. And then there's this very specific music that's playing. But this one is really, really bass heavy and sub bass heavy, which is why we wanted to do the submerged thing. We also get try to get creative, you know, yeah, with the names I, and stuff I see like what that. You did there. <laughs> so in, in that type of mix, if you close your eyes, the best place for most people to hear a bass is like right here. You know what I mean? What 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 we do, and I'm giving away trade secrets, I probably shouldn't even talk about this. <laughs> What we'll, we do we'll answer these. <laughs> oh no, it's, it's all it's all good because it's it's still hard to duplicate. You know that's yeah. that's what we have going for us. We're I, I feel like that we're we're the best at creating this type of content. Um, for sure. So what we do is we try to take that base and just nudge it about right there. What that does to your brain, oh. I cannot explain. But weirdly, this this sound that's kind of like in mono when it's just moved a little bit over here, feels like it envelops your whole entire head. I can't explain it. Wow. And then when you throw on those headphones and they have these amazing sub receptors, you literally get the the rumble uh, physical effects of it on your head. It literally feels like it's massaging the wow. side of your face. It's the most amazing thing. Um, and so that's the thing that we're looking forward to right now you know, those types of headphones aren't readily available to everybody yet because they're so expensive. But I'm betting on the fact that two years from now, three years from now, everybody's going to have headphones that do the same exact thing. And if those people stumble upon Soul Sessions in 2025 and they have an even vaster catalog to be able to listen to, oh yeah. man, going to be good times. Yeah. When you when you guys are going through and, and creating, going through the process, have you guys, are you guys trying to invoke, like, I mean, you said like, man, if you, if I move the base for hitting you here to here, it makes the entire thing feel differently. Are you guys really intentionally trying to invoke certain emotions with even those feelings? Like how, how does like that change emotionally make you feel like you were talking about your wife, like sitting down and her whole mm. mood changed? Yeah. Well, how does that intentional work? Like how do you actually accomplish that? I guess is what I'm right. Thinking. So weirdly, so I can't. I'm not going to go into the full science, guys, because some of this stuff is a little bit trade for trade secrets for us as a company. Yeah. For what sure. I will what I will say is that even more so than an emotional response, it literally physically changes my wife's 
like everything. So wow. all of the tension in her shoulders gone wow. in like 10 minutes. Yeah. I feel like I need some soul sessions wow. right now. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> right. I'm all in. Hey, listen, I'm you guys, listen, you guys send me that, send me your address. You know, I'll, I'll send you a couple pair of AirPods Max, man. Just, you know, as, as a thank you for having me on the show. Wow. No way. No way. Wow. <laughs> man, but this is uh you're entering into a space that I feel I feel like is is a little bit untapped. Um yeah. and it's my mind is blown. Like I think this is like this is really incredible. There's definitely a healing and a relaxation power of music and that and a power that can change atmospheres. Yeah, for sure. Like and, absolutely and change people like literally how they feel. Like when I'm calm and I and I have on calm music, there it definitely puts my body in a different position than very tense, like hard, like gym hype music. Like so, I think there it's it's incredible. Would, would you right? But the beautiful but the beautiful thing is though, we will have hype music on there too. Yeah, hey, there you it's go. Because because we do know that you need to go to the gym if you're trying to maximize your gym visit. You know. Gonna have to hit you with some trap. Gonna I have to that. hit you with some deep bass. You know what I mean? Absolutely. So, so it's not just it's it's not even just like the 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 the, the tranquil music is definitely is definitely there, um, and even past even uh, melodic tranquil sounds, we also just have just natural nature sounds as well. Mm, that's awesome. So we have seven hour playlists uh, called Elements, which is like, let's say you fall asleep to. A gentle rain on the roof. We have that for you. Uh, if you if you like to listening listen to a babbling brook gently going through a stream or whatever, that's there for you. If you like to hear crickets in the night, we have that for you. All of that has been curated as well. So cool. I I, I even remember um, something that I was reading about, like physiological adaptations and changes in your body like we switch from parasympathetic to sympathetic nervous system that's fight or flight mode and you can even like reset yourself um just by like humming mm. back into uh, gosh i can't remember it's like it's like a calm state is it parasympathetic or sympathetic i should know this that's what I'm like cool for. Zach is once again talking about trade secrets on the on the, <laughs> on the, on the, on the show. <laughs> <laughs> no, but what I what I will say is this is you're exactly right, but that hum, it's all about frequencies. That's yeah. all it is, right? So when you're humming, there's a very specific frequency and it's usually for us men it's it's bass frequency. Hmm. And that will be very present on this app. Yeah, I love it. So. so just just for clarity, people that are listening that are like, "Wow, I need to I need this in my life. I need I need this type of music, the intentionality behind the tracks like being created." I need this for my meditation or my morning walks or when I'm going to sleep or when I'm waking up or when I'm actually aware of me feeling tense in a moment, I can just tap into this and put it on and it'll change, change how I feel, change, change how I physically feel and emotionally feel and mentally feel. How do they, uh, use it? Um, kind of talk us through and talk everyone through like the logistics of actually using the app, how to get it, how to find it, all those things too. Yeah, so the app isn't live yet. Um, we do have like testing versions that we're doing betas with right now. Um, but I mean, it's it's very, very kind of like you open it and you know exactly what to do. Yeah. Like it's just, 
And I think that I think the beautiful thing about the platform that we're using too is, you know, let's say like, uh, you know, you guys are working, and you, you know, you're editing something or you're writing something, and uh, somehow, some way, halfway through the mix, you have to leave and go because you have to grab lunch or something. When you come back, it'll it'll start right where you left off at instead oh, wow. of starting the list all over or starting the playlist or, or the radio station all over. Awesome. So, uh, but it is through an app. Um, and that's really more on the, so as, as I'm gonna get a little, uh, business jargony right now, but you know, our business is really a B to C to B business. So, um, we're going straight to consumers with the app first, but a lot of what we're doing behind the scenes that a lot of people don't know is a lot of B to B stuff where we're creating very custom things for businesses and uh, uh, creating some of these partnerships. So even when the, when the app launches, you'll see very prominently, we already have uh, three established sponsorships uh, right on the app uh, where we curated playlists for these specific businesses. And um, not only will they, these are businesses that we believe in. We believe that they, they coincide so perfectly with the, with the brand of soul sessions you know, one is a coffee company, you know, which obviously yeah. if I'm trying to get focused, I'm going to grab myself a cup of coffee. Yeah. Yep. The other is the other is a brewery, which is like, you know, OK, so at the end of the day, let's take it down. Let me go grab myself a little brew. Those things are very purposeful, but they also serve for dual purposes in that these these places have physical spaces that people are going to be inside. And so we, in essence, created a really great marketplace for businesses as well to be able to get the word out uh, for, for their business and advertise on the platform as well without being like overtly advertising. Um, but uh, yeah, it's going to be on the app. That's all I'd say. It's, it's, it's going to be on an app. Yeah. And uh, I, I would say get yourself some really solid headphones, especially headphones that handle bass very well because uh, you're just going to enjoy it that much more. Sure. I love that. Yeah, right right when you started talking about business partnerships and different things like that, I instantly went into um immersive adaptive experiences yeah. in like stores and different things like that. And you guys are hitting the nail right on the head. It's like, man, how do people want to feel when they walk into an environment? We we actually one of the other episodes that that we had, we were talking with a interior designer a lot of people don't understand like the the environments that you're in, the thing, all the senses that are there, the smells, the textures, the the things that you're seeing. It all makes you feel a certain way. Tap Facts. on that. Tap on that. What you're hearing, and mm-hmm. and add it to all the other senses. It's it's going to change your uh your like physiologically physiological like response your your psychological response and so i love that you guys are even tapping into that market as well it just seems like a like a no brainer i i i am i'm sold i'm i'm yeah, so excited <laughs> i'm so excited to try it out this man this is incredible and i think you have one of the coolest jobs ever especially like me as a music lover i go into different spaces and i'm like Man, I just wish I could get on the ox. Like, I wish I could just play. Like, let me get like eight songs in a row. Like, we, the, the, it just needs to change. Like, and not even just for my own personal preference. Like, I'm looking at the demographic because we talked to a DJ, a DJ Leak as well, and looking at that demographic to be like, they would really vibe to X, Y, and Z. You know. Mm-hmm. So I think mm-hmm. what what you guys are doing, especially with the B two B, 
is is going to be huge because people are going to really realize how important it is. Yeah. 100%. Agree. Agree. 100%. I um I'm I'm super super curious to ask this question. We ask this to every single one of our guests that we have on. Um but you've just kind of been brimming with joy the entire time that you've been talking about soul sessions and the things that uh, it's going to do for people. Um, Not only for you, I think that's when you, when you talk to like entrepreneurs, business owners, different things like that, I think you get a good sense of the person when they talk about their business and it's more geared towards how it's going to make people feel and what problem they're really trying to solve rather than what it's going to do for them personally. And so I just want to thank you for that. Uh, also, that just popped in my brain when I was getting to the question. So thank you for, for honestly being just super purposeful with your gift um, and and really trying to make a difference in people's lives. But the question that I wanted to ask is, what brings you the most joy? And it could be a lot of different things, but what brings you the most joy? It's my family, fam. Just straight up. Man, I'm I'm like... I'm I'm truly a blessed man. Like I couldn't, you know, they, they, they say your partner is like the most important, like business decision (laughs) you could ever make in your life. Like weirdly. And the interesting thing with my wife has been, she has been such a rock for me through this. Cause being an entrepreneur is not easy. (laughs) I have seen many marriages fail because, you know, a spouse has a really strong idea that they're really passionate about and it just doesn't work for, for whatever reason. And they've basically spent a lot of time and, and, and wasted a lot of money on this idea only for it not to work. I really truly am grateful for my wife because she, she single-handedly is the battery in my back. Mm. 24 seven, her and my daughter, my daughter's 15 years old. Um, I hear, I hear people say all the time, you know, I do this for my family. Legit. This is for my family. Um, I uniquely understand legacy, uh, especially being a black man. I, I understand legacy so much more now after being able to be blessed to grow up the way that, you know, like myself and my brother were able to grow up. My parents, huge sacrifices for us to have to be able to start off our adult life on first base as opposed to in the batter's box or even a dugout you know what i'm saying and so for now it's like my whole goal is to push that even further for my daughter to be able to start off on third yeah and i know some people are gonna be like you need to teach your kids to get out the mud I don't know about that. Yeah. I don't know about that. If I can make it just a little easier, yeah, uh, I, I would much rather do that. But I say all that to say, I mean, my family single-handedly is the one thing that brings me joy. Um, and if I went like another step further outside of my family, it is def- definitely bringing um, joy and life to people and to help them find purpose and meaning for why they've been giving the gift of life for sure. Love that, man. Yeah. We just, I feel that from you. You know what I'm saying? I feel like you can just feel it oozing out of you, like I said. And, and, uh, it's such a good point that you brought up. It's like, 
it's the one business decision that you you got to get right. I remember uh, right before my wife and I, uh, we were planning the wedding. We were doing all the, like, hey, what, where do people sit? The seating charts, all this different stuff. And right. and my my wife's dad looked at us and he said, "You just got to make one good decision." And we were like, "What?" And he was like, "You've already made it." You got to make one good decision. Don't stress about the other ones. Yeah, you made your one good decision with with your partner that you want to spend the rest of your life with, and and so I uh, just one good decision, man. And it and and I think like that's the power of community. Like it's like mm-hmm. you you continually make those really good decisions to surround yourself with the right people and link arms with the right people or the right person to to do what uh, you're so passionate about doing. And living life and fully enjoying it um yeah it's, it's beautiful it's huge. And, and then those become your reasons you know when we when we do anything selfishly it's so mm-hmm. fleeting and it's so shallow but when you have that as you're like you said your wife and, and your kid and, and same as you uh, now they're on the way but um those become your reasons and i feel like that gives you a little bit more power that gives you a little bit more you know, gusto, just because it's it's not just about you. If I fail on my own, all right, we can figure it out. But you got right. people depending on you. I know that's gotta be it's gotta be a different feeling. And then if absolutely and then if you fail, which you might and you probably will at some point, you got people to love on you yeah. and bring you back up. And it's just that's a beautiful right. thing. It's a beautiful thing, man. And I think that's right. Just super grateful for for uh for how you show up for for other people in your life, for how you showed up for this conversation, man, just being super real and honest, even, even diving into the moment where you're like, I wasn't even going to talk about this, but here we go. (laughs) And uh, just really grateful for your transparency, your vulnerability and your gift uh, for the world. I can't wait to try out soul sessions, man. Yeah, man. I'm I'm excited. My mind was blown. (laughs) My mind was blown. We got to do, we, we got to have to part two this one. Got to do it. Got to do it. And maybe sure. even Thanks. maybe even host an event with Soul Sessions oh, or something. Immersive, there. immersive yoga. We're down. We're down, man. There Seriously, like it's. I mean, that's that's part of. So that's part of the uniqueness of this brand. Is it's, it's you know the app is really honestly like the low hanging fruit. Just to be honest, you know, it's mm-hmm. just a thing to get people to understand what the brand is about. But it's those activations when people can actually meet the brand in real life, and actually have like. You know, like at the at the at the coffee space that we're going to do our activation, it's like a sipping sound. So people are going to come. So they're going to have our own unique blend of coffee that we're going to make. You know, and 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 during that whole thing, we're going to have music playing. We we also have stations where people can actually listen to the music. You know, through headphones, through noise cancellation, and uh, while all this is going on loudly, get some noise cancellation going and and still be literally transported away in the middle of chaos i love it we'll be there (laughs) we'll be there hey wes well thank you so much for joining us man i loved the conversation and uh man just thank you so much thanks guys appreciate it appreciate it man that was awesome Hey, thank you guys so much for tuning into the podcast. Look, if you like what you heard, make sure you like, follow, and subscribe. 
everywhere you guys get your podcast. Also, to stay up to date with everything we're doing with Scatterjoy, go ahead and give our Instagram a follow, all right? At the Scatterjoy Project. Thanks again for listening. See you guys soon.